0: Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we are joined by Joshua Marillo from Miami, Florida. In this episode, we talk about Miami, the American dream, and the Formula One event experience. This episode was so much fun to record. So Joshua and I actually met at this place called the Sylvester in the Midtown Miami neighborhood. Uh, I think this is actually like my favorite spot in Miami. It's it's this like retro bar, has these awesome cocktails and just like great vibes. Uh, and we actually just like struck up a conversation. We talk about it in this episode. It was awesome to meet him. Joshua grew up in Miami and he currently lives there. He did uh, move away for a little bit to study physiology and kinesthesiology at the University of Florida in Gainesville. So we struck up this conversation and then today we have another conversation and it's all about... Miami, its culture, its recent rapid growth. I'm I'm so interested in that. Like and that's one of the reasons why I decided to go vacation in Miami for a little bit is cuz I just hear so much about it and uh, I'm excited to learn more about it. He also just so Joshua also went to the Formula 1 event there. When I told people I was going to Miami, people were asking like, "Are you going to the F1 event?" And I was like, "I I should learn more about this and uh, I know Formula One racing has experienced like an uptick in popularity and uh, Joshua was there so I wanted to ask him about it which is really cool. We also discussed like the American dream and life in general and uh, it was a great conversation. So excited to have Joshua on. You can follow him on Instagram at jmarillo underscore 21. Let's begin. All right, welcome to Rich Conversations. This is going to be a, another fantastic episode. We love just exploring the world, our curiosity, and uh, today we're going to talk more about Miami. Now, this is uh, this is exciting. We have Joshua, Marie, Mario, right?
1: There you go. There you
0: go. On the show, and we're going we're gonna talk about Miami and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, why don't you
1: describe how we met? So, uh, very interesting actually. So we were at this local uh, local bar in Wynwood uh, called the Sylvester. So I'm out there with just a group of my friends, and we're just enjoying the bar and everything it has to offer. And I, as I'm turning turning my head to go look for one of my friends who is entering the bar, I notice Rich here. He's sitting down, and he just has his notebook out. And he's just taking just various notes. So I was curious. And my friend even asked me, he's like, hey, like he's, a, he, he asked me, it's like, hey, do you see that dude? He's just, it's like kind of a weird thing to do in, in a bar. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to go up to him and ask him. So eventually I just came up to him and I asked him like, hey, like, like mind me asking what you are doing. And he explained to me, he's just taking notes and putting himself in a different situation than what he's used to. And I kind of really liked it. It just, like I mentioned earlier to you, kind of really liked the idea of just, being in like a situation you're not normally comfortable with and like just pondering on just the things around you and things that have to do with yourself because it kind of just opens up like your thoughts to just a a farther reach than what you're used to so we exchanged info and here i am thank you for having me so
0: far well thanks for coming on yeah uh yeah that was a great night uh the sylvester we uh so i went to miami this is all in miami and which was about uh i want to say like a month ago now and uh i had went last year and we stayed in like the design district i was with two other friends and the sylvester is a place we went to and we just really enjoyed it so i was like you know i'm gonna go back there and then uh they got great music just great vibes and people so uh yeah i took out my notebook and i was just like uh i was traveling by myself so it's like yeah i'm just gonna I'm going to open up this notebook, see what happens.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, sure enough, here we are. What's that? Do you normally just travel around by yourself like
0: that? Uh, for the most part. Like, uh, yeah, I've let's see. In, in February, I went to New York by myself. Mm. Went to New York by myself in November uh, I don't have trouble traveling by myself because a lot of times, like my schedule is very flexible. So I kind of have the personality where I'm just like, yo, I'm just going to go, you know, and I'm going to have a great time. It doesn't matter if people are with me or not with me. Uh, it's too much. Too much logistics to try to coordinate with everybody else. And it's just mm-hmm. like, yo, I'm, I'm going to go. See ya. And and I, so i mean,
1: so I, I just do my own thing and uh i'm having that dilemma currently just all my friends we just want to travel somewhere but realize like trying to make everyone happy and fit everyone into it is just kind of yeah. most, so we might have to take might have to take up your methods on that just go at it I'm by myself yeah, I, like yeah I, I have
0: a very flexible schedule i mean just super flexible mm-hmm. um and now, like, I have friends in uh, places all over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, like especially New York. Like, when I go to, to New York, I always have a place to stay and people to hang out with. So just, like, going by myself isn't a big deal because I'm meeting up with all my, like, New York friends, too. Um, you know, same thing, Denver and, and Miami. And this is part of the podcast, too, strategically. Uh, I don't know if I've communicated this, but, like, it's all about meeting people. So mm-hmm. then you start meeting people all around the world. And sure enough, when you travel to these places, hey, now you have someone to talk to or reach out to. or So you're not experiencing
1: the city and these areas alone. So. Okay, I can. Part of it. So now, like, example, you come back to, down to Miami and then it'd be easier now for us to just go get, like, a genuine lunch. Yeah. So, yeah. i can be like, hey, Joshua lives here. Let's hang out, you know? I like that. That is true. Because I, I, I like, it. I'm very big on meeting people. And like, uh, I would like to consider myself like a social butterfly. Like I'm definitely the one in my group who just likes to branch out or like, yeah, get invited to different places where we don't necessarily know anyone. I'll just make an effort to at least like introduce myself and talk to someone. Just, you never know how much you, in common you can have with someone. If you don't take that first initiative, at least to talk to them or just a simple hello, or like, what do you do for a living? And so, and so forth. So,
0: Yeah. It's a very interesting thing, and I feel like um, as people grow older, mm-hmm. they're less inclined to want to meet new people or make new friends. Um, what what are your thoughts on, say, like social media too, where it's like it's so easy to be in your phone and to not make that effort to go talk to them. With somebody do you feel like that what you just said right to branch out and meet people do you feel
1: like that's a less common thing even more now with social media so i would think like let's say in a physical standpoint of view it definitely can hinder you just from making those sort of like personal interactions i'm bigger on personal interactions instead of just like virtual where it's just like i text or zoom call and so forth i believe like reading body, someone's body language and the way their tone is uh conveyed towards you in a more face-to-face means a lot more than through text or through video even though like with zoom it gives the capability of just branching out and connecting individuals probably we that we knew and have not seen in a while or just aren't able to see consistently yeah um I feel like it's definitely more meaningful to just make the effort to go see someone in person or just meet him in person and just talk to them and figure out more so about what they, who they actually are instead of just this whole camera to camera thing. Cause at any given moment I could, pause, I could pause this and, or I could shut my screen off and that kind of just, that kind of isn't a conversation at that point. That's just a yeah. thing, essentially um, I've always been big into just like, just seeing people's expressions and like feeling like more so like getting engaged in their emotions. And just, I, I like, to, I like to get the feel of their body language too. Cause that's yeah. a, and that's how I was taught to communicate to people just super into it, super, just give everyone your attention and at least give them the, the attention that they're trying to receive from you as well. Social yeah, media has been good, especially, obviously it, it's definitely increased now with after as all of, all of us going through quarantine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been it's definitely become king in a sense, where most people just rely to it now. And then those who have lost like their social interaction, like their their ability to socially interact with others, because after you go two years of not interacting with someone, you kind of just get used to the whole being behind a screen and scrolling and tech and like commenting and so forth. So yeah, I think it's crucial to bring that back because. It just brings this better connection in the video. You're able to just understand people better than just liking or commenting on a post or agreeing with it or sharing. Yeah. So it's kind of the way yeah. I, I like that
0: nonverbal communication is uh, very underrated. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. And I've, I've been,
1: I recently developed that more too. Just I've I've didn't realize that just the manner in which like you face someone or like if you're. I learned a big thing from, uh, from one of my really good friends. He taught me that just when you talk to someone, it's, it's appropriate to like shoulders face forward. And he's seen it. He's shown me an example. Like we were at a, at a local, Mm -hmm. at a local bar and he showed me, it's like, Hey, look, look at these two people who are talking. You can tell she's, the individual is not interested because she's has her shoulders facing elsewhere or her. Yeah. It's, It's small things like that, that I just recently now start to look at which before, It wasn't necessarily that I wasn't unaware, but just now more so I'm just more focused on because it's just, I want someone when I'm speaking to them to be comfortable and then I want them to think I'm comfortable speaking with them. So you are right. Nonverbal communication is huge. And that's what you can get from behind a screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And eye contact Mm -hmm. with screens too. Is it, is it like, are we making eye contact or it's like this? I was listening to something the other day about like like what direct eye contact does and that like connection. But then it's like there's this third party with the screens and everything that like it
1: kind of shields that in a way. Well, you also, I also think, I agree with that. I also think it's just, you got to think about it this. If you look at the position of your camera, it's, it's just, it's just, it's very hard. It's just supposed to get like the overall view of your, of like just the broad spectrum of your vision. Yeah. But just like if, I don't know if you work from home or if you do uh, like just some sort of work from anything via screen, via like your laptop, it's very hard to sometimes concentrate because along with the Zoom meeting, you can also have many other pages open up at, at the same time. So... <laughs> are like are you really giving someone direct eye contact when you're talking to them here like it's just it's kind of a half half and the third and like you said the third party it it just creates still creates this other barrier where even when you look at even as you're like trying to uh trying to look at this individual whoever you may be speaking to it doesn't feel super genuine at the end of the day yeah again it comes it kind of goes back to like that, that like that face-to-face interaction, you can feel uh, the tension between individuals, whether it's good tension or bad tension. It's just it's just the interaction that makes, him, that makes it makes the conversation as a whole a lot better. This face-to-face, this camera thing that we do, it's just it kind of like negates that. So it, it ends up just being yeah. another record, of recording of each other. We're just kind of like looking at each other.
0: Now to uh, extend this subject too much more but um i think what what i'm curious too is like we're now know that remote capability Mm -hmm. is like it's in the deck or it's like it's or it's always on the table it's always possible now Mm -hmm. and so there's going to be a big push to enhance this experience the same things that we were just talking about so Mm -hmm. like Technology will get better and better around these things that we're saying, where eventually it may be like holograms of people or like three dimensional or like just the technology around it. Now that we know remote is possible and everybody can do it, like the technology is just going to increase because there'll be a higher demand for that connection. So kind
1: of like, uh, like, uh, have you used the quest? like a quest too, or like anything. I haven't used it yet
0: but yeah that's certainly where I'm, I'm thinking about is like
1: augmented reality virtual reality type of thing yeah so like the yeah like the uh so with a quest and the metaverse and like you said augmented reality that's kind of that's essentially where it is because now it's, it's just convenience at this point like people yeah rather stay at home in they come from their home but then any interactions that they're seeking or just any sort of entertainment that they may be looking for. It's just easier to, it would, it's eventually going to be easier to just put it on. Kind of like a, you ever seen the movie Ready Player One? No, but I I keep hearing about it. (laughs) So when, when just, I'll keep it short. So essentially like when the whole idea, when Zuckerberg came out with the idea of like the metaverse and then using augmented reality, a lot of individuals referred back to this movie called Ready Player One. And they, it's just said, uh, it said basically it's this, uh, it's this earth in the future where just now everyone uh, basically lives their lives and everything about their lives is through this thing called the Oasis, uh, which people refer to it like people compared to the metaverse, which is just this augmented reality where you put on this headset and you can interact with anyone yeah. and, and everyone can be this different character different and live this different persona than who they are And action. Yeah, become an avatar of themselves. Yeah, you basically, yeah, yeah, you create your own avatar. So with what you mentioned earlier, eventually that's like more an entertainment point of view in which it'll, it'll go up to. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like it's just the idea. of being But that technology can be
0: uh, applied or applicable to meetings and stuff like this too. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm like saying. Like the technology can
1: uh, be applied. Yeah. That's across sort of the board, thing. yeah. Imagine like you and I just hop on and it's like essentially like I'm giving you a real handshake yeah Uh, like eventually it'll be that and i'm i'm pretty excited for that just because you know like you said you travel you travel around a lot imagine just at any given point just being able to just sit down with your friends or just actually just getting now that same feel that i like in personal interaction but somehow it's been just become far more advanced with technology than now you get that same experience so yeah um we'll have to
0: We might have to circle back to this, but yeah, I think it's uh, in our lifetimes. Even in in this decade, this upcoming decade, we're going to see so much technological change. I agree. It's interesting. One hundred percent.
1: Getting back though, why don't you uh,
0: (laughs) introduce yourself (laughs) real quick? And uh, I want to
1: talk about Miami with you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, like Rich mentioned, my name is Joshua Murillo. I'm twenty four years old. I was born and raised here in Miami. I, the only time I ever really left was from school, but I'm happy to be back. I knew I always wanted to come back. This is just my city. And then leaving when I was 18 and coming back when I was 23, it was just kind of way more excited to experience just new things. Because I know in those five years, this city has developed a lot. Um, I lived in, 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 a, in a part of Miami called Hialeo. I My parents moved out here when I was, around 2004. Before then, I lived closer to another city, more south, called Flagler. It's like it's right by Flagger Street. So, more you re- have you ever heard the term calle ocho? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Little it's Havana, where- right? right? Huh? Little Havana area. Yeah. So it's, it's calle ocho very close there. So I lived okay. there uh, when my my parents got there, had their first house there. Moved to Haiti in two thousand four, and I've been here since. Went to high school here, a local high school called Matter Academy and left for school always knew i wanted to leave for school just to get that different experience Mm -hmm. but came back and it's been well i work over now at university of miami Uh, i've been there for it's May, so i've been there about 10 months now and it's been swell do a lot of uh heart procure uh, organ procurements which uh for most people who don't know what procurement means it's just I am the individual who helps uh, re- uh, retrieve organs that are crucial for recipients who are on the wait list, for whether it's a kidney, liver, heart, uh, pancreas, intestine. really like it. I do want to do surgery eventually. So it's really a good surgical experience just to be in the wow. OR and assist uh, the surgeons as they're um, procuring the, the, the organs out of the individuals who unfortunately passed away. But on the right side, like we always get, I. Sometimes get to tag along and see, just which recipients are receiving these organs, and I just very big fan of it. Love it so far. Wow.
0: So. Yeah, because you, so you studied uh, physiology, kinesthesiology
1: at University of Florida. So my <laughs> I'm not
0: great at pronouncing words.
1: No, so my major is shortened is called APK, but it's anatomy, physiology, and kinesiology. Okay. So it's essentially it was. I, I was just essentially just the study of the body and how the body functions and how it moves. And I really just, I I didn't approach this major until maybe my second year in college. I was a bi- biology major. Um, I was on a pre-med track. I'm currently, I currently, and then I switched uh, my sophomore year. I, I switched over to APK and I became a pre-PA individual. The reason why I was was more so, there's nothing against bio majors, just I didn't like the idea of having to study most of my life just being plant-based or like animal-based, which necessarily yeah. just in my, and my thoughts just didn't fit the idea of like, Oh, if I want to treat individuals, I think it's to have a better understanding of how the body works. Yeah. So, which is why I moved over to APK. And then I, I love it. Like I, I see it applied in everywhere. Just, I have friends who hit me up about certain places that may hurt or, or like if they're trying to get like, uh, physically in shape like that's also the part of my major that they teach us because it you could you could do a fitness specialization or an exercise specialization so I went the exercise route so just I feel like there's just many many more more world application more world real world applications to this major so yeah.
0: yeah yeah because it's it's the human body and people are existing in human bodies right now and, crazy and <laughs> yeah there's a lot, <laughs> a lot to deal with that uh yeah that's that is cool so you lived in miami your whole life what would you say the vibe of miami is
1: so if you live here you'll understand that culture and like just the creativity of the city is huge it's um they talk about the united states being like a giant like melting pot Mm -hmm. but i would say miami is a melting pot just amongst like a lot of Latin culture and Italian culture, and depending on how how far north you go, because if you just reside in deep Miami, then you're just talking about just a lot of it's a melting pot, but w- uh, in regards of just a lot of different Latin countries. So you're yeah. talking, about, for example, I'm from Honduras. It's a cent- it's a it's in Central America. So in my uh, but be, being someone that was born in uh, like not born raised in Hialeah, Hialeah is predominantly Cuban. So okay. you're talking about uh, this. Kid from Honduras who goes to this uh, this uh, school full of predominant Cubans, so you start mixing everything you know and understand with what they know. Yeah, and if you go even more to another city called Dorado, you're talking about Venezuelans. The nickname is dorazuela So now okay. you have a whole other culture. Then you have mm-hmm. Little Haiti, which is actually winwood which is around the time around where we met. So the Haitians yeah. and you go down little havana little havana also mixes with little dr so i like it's just the beauty in it just at any any anywhere you go you're gonna just hear a, like an array of accents a di- a different forms of slangs that uh, it were air where i could say something and it'll mean like either something completely offensive and in, in another culture or it just won't make sense to them yeah per se and the creativity portion of that just comes from that culture. Just you've seen, you uh, like you said earlier, you went to, you've stayed in the design district. The design district used to, used to be just an extension of Wynwood before it completely got renovated. And if, if you've been in Wynwood during the day, you get to see all these beautiful arts. And it's not only in Wynwood. If you go to like Havana, Calle Ocho. it's all over the city. All, there's
0: like art and murals and bright colors everywhere.
1: Yeah, that's that's the beauty. Like just people bring, and those are all done by different different artists from just different backgrounds. So that's yeah. beautiful. And there's even, I believe, if you go a little southern, a little south by Kendall, there's like a sculpture work where people do a lot of welding and okay. these magnificent sculptures as well. And in that, it doesn't even have to be just art in the sense of just building or painting something. You can go to the gardens, the botanical gardens where people like lay out their art with plants and just capture it with photography and so forth. But it's just a very big culture city. That, that's what I've always liked. Like you will, never meet, you will never meet someone of the same background per se and you'll always have something new to learn from someone yeah it's uh
0: what you describe. what i have thought of it in my head is this accurate at all it seems like it acts as the capital of the caribbean in a way yeah. where it's kind of like the new york city of the whole caribbean and cultures around like latin
1: so so normally so let's say the caribbean so if- when individuals migrate from the Caribbean, so you're talking about like DR, Cuba, Puerto Rico, you normally know, the two, uh, like, I don't want to say easiest place to migrate to, but more so just, uh, I want to say, I guess I could say easiest just because family, they may already have family there, is either New York, and you see, that's where you see a lot of like the Puerto Ricans and like a lot of Dominicans. Domin- for- yeah, Dominicans in New York, for I sure, mean, I, I notice that. that. But in Miami, you know, remember for Cuba and and Haiti and the Caribbean, in general, Miami from the, the tip to the Caribbean is only about 90 miles. Yeah. So that's where you get this. And back in the day when you had the wet, uh, wet foot, dry foot uh, enacted, it was just a means of uh, salvation from like a political, a political, a lot of them were political refugees. Were yeah. So a lot of individuals took that chance and they decided to build a life here when you have individuals like for me who come from Central America or or South America, it's, it's a Miami's just still seen like a safe grounds because it's basically coming to a whole different country, trying to build a whole new life. But you want to be surrounded by people that necessarily will make that necessarily, that will necessarily make you feel welcome. Sorry. Yeah. But it is, I would, I would agree with that. It's just kind of like most people call south florida like northern cuba i've heard a lot of my cuban friends say that it's just northern Cuba. there's a
0: big cuban culture there that's for yeah. sure
1: it definitely is the, it definitely it definitely cuban culture is the predominant one here for sure has a lot of influence yeah. on, on the city which isn't bad like i said like i grew up in hialeah so i've learned to appreciate the culture a lot it's different than yeah. mine yeah but the whole point is just you it's, better to, it's it's always great to appreciate something that you're not used to so that's yeah. why it's just been big. Yeah.
0: Something I notice about, besides the weather, the weather, I'm sure helps lift everybody's moods all the time. Coming from, it's like 60 and Chile in Chicago right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but
1: I'm gonna there's say- a spirit yeah.
0: to the city that I notice. And that's, it's like cool to be a part of and to see when I was down there. Yeah.
1: So obviously, the like, individual, like, our, our weather is great. I, as much as sometimes I can complain about it being too hot, because there's days here you walk out and it's just like you have to like un like rip your your shirt off from your your skin just because the humidity. You're very like it's very viewed on, but it's just it's nice to walk outside. And I always ta- I always use the reference of Toy Story skies. You have ever seen you've seen the movie? I'm assuming right, Toy Story. Toy Story, yeah. So you know how on the walls. It's just blue with just nice clouds out. So I, always I refer- so. I always, so I always reference that because whenever you walk out, like 99% of the time, you're just going to have this nice blue sky with either either no clouds or clouds outside. And it just makes the day overall. It makes you want to have like a productive day. It makes you want to just go out there and just, okay, like I don't want to stay inside. I, it's a beautiful day. Let, let's just go out and do something. Whether it's I may just drive to the local Panera or starbucks and decide to study outside or just to my the local park and go for a walk whatever it may be you are right the, the, the spirit is just overall lifted it's just doesn't the whole idea of staying inside at that point is just like it, it it's it just sucks it like you would be doing yourself a favor by going out at that point
0: so this is this is like an interesting dynamic because chicago chicago we have like maybe three months of like tremendous weather and it's the most magical time in the city the summer of chicago and like everything is outside we ha- we have the lake here we have this lakefront path that's just all parks the entire length of the city and everybody is just like all outside and and there's probably this appreciation of it what we often wonder is like with all the pent up energy throughout you know the the fall we enjoy the seasons here, but like in the winter, especially like, how do you, for me, I think it helps creativity to like be stuck inside and you're like forced to do this stuff. And I wonder people that live in the warm weather, like Los Angeles or Miami, how do you, how do you not be outside every day and like
1: not work? You know,
0: like how does that make
1: sense? Are you saying like, how do I just go out and then just, uh, Eventually, are you saying more so, like, so you were saying, like, when you stay stuck inside, uh, you don't necessarily want to do it. I'm sorry, you, I got kind of confused. So you're more so saying. When you I was, it.
0: so, like, how do you. If the weather is great, mm-hmm. most of the time. How do you. How does it work with creativity? Like, do you think it helps or hinders creativity? If you always want to be outside
1: and like doing stuff outside. So I, 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 think, it, I think it definitely helps it because like you said, like if I always want to be outside and I always want to be. Uh, so when I say I want to be outside, in a sense, like I just want to be out and about and like doing something, being productive. Mm-hmm. Because you want, take, you want to take advantage of the day. Um, necessarily, at least for me, uh let's say like when it drops down like when winter comes around november and we get like our brisk like one week of like uh it being chilly or I mean, it falls below the 70s because if you live in miami and it falls below once it hits that like 68 69 degree mark we're just that's it like fully bundled up just take one of stay inside <laughs> it's, it's 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 absurd like you'll see it. like people will come out with like their, their fur coats or like the big puffer jackets like people just really do not know how to act like once I go there. So that causes people to say, but if at least for me, if I know it's a great day outside and the weather is warm, once it makes my product productivity, just one, like completely increase. I want to go out there, do something, do something either better myself. And when I want to better myself, my thoughts get going. So that just allows me to think of all these different things that I want to do or wish to do, or like plan to do. So I guess it just, to answer your question definitely boosts it it allows people just to now have this um i want to say comfortable environment but more so just like this good atmosphere where they can just think think uh beyond from what the capability of the of the comfort of their home okay yeah.
0: so something this is like a very basic question I, I was like, when I was down there, I was like asking people what their idea of vacation is, because like here more North, whenever we think of vacation, we think palm trees and warm weather, mm-hmm. but you're already there. So like, how do you choose where to vacation? Like what, 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 uh, uh, factors and variables go into your
1: decisions. Okay. If weather is completely out of it, if weather is completely out of it, uh, I would say, on a personal standpoint of view, I'm very big into just seeing how like the life is somewhere else. So, for example, I've never been to New York, or I've never been to Boston, and I'm like, those are two places I'm set on like trying to go within this year, just because it's more, it's definitely more, it's more rich in history per se, and. Or in New York, it's just some place that people talk about a lot. Like, it, it's just yeah, like see all those amazing high rises. And even though we have high rises here, just I don't think these really much compared to the ones up north. So go there, maybe try some genuine, either some New York style pizza or some or deep dish from Chicago or go see Fenway at Boston. Like, I think yeah. it's just at that point. like, yeah, we do live. And essentially the phrase is like, we live where you vacation. But Like going to the beach every like when we're capable of going to the beach whenever we want. Um, don't necessarily want to go somewhere tropical at least because at any given point I can yeah after this podcast after hit after this I could just walk out of my house and drive the ten minutes to the beach that it takes. So at least for me it's just how you how individual how Northerners come down to experience like the warm weather. Yeah, Um, as much as I as I mentioned earlier, like not a fan of the the cold it is still nice to, to get the sight of potentially seeing snow or going skiing. And like okay. so it's something completely different from us. And so and then there's people who, who, on the other hand, just won't ever really leave Florida instead they'll vacation in different parts of Florida. Okay. Cause once you, once you leave like, that, like Orlando ish area, Florida mm-hmm. becomes completely different.
0: Like, yeah, I hear Florida. I mean, there's all different types of people and, and everything in
1: Florida. So if you think of Florida, like if you have this tiny, like this square at the bottom, which constitute consists of Fort Lauderdale, like Hollywood, like Miami, and then like Homestead, that's like that's mostly just that's where like you get the the bigger population in Florida. But then like you move, you go west to like the Naples and Tampa, Tampa area on the like the other side of the Everglades, then that's that's not as it's not as big as miami and so forth but it's, it's just already different there's a lot there the beaches there i i've heard are a lot better on the west coast than they are over here on the, on the east coast and when i heard that i decided to go to the places like clearwater and okay. so so then those who decide to stay in in florida now take the opportunity to vacation elsewhere in florida like you can go up north to st augustine and say, obviously, is beautiful super historic like old building yeah it's, it's like the yeah definitely uh, historic. i don't know if I'm correct to say it's like the first colony established here in florida yeah yeah you're so right you have it's that. got it's got like a uh fort or something there right yeah it has a fort literally. yeah i want to see so that go there and it's just rich in history that like you can find out every like oh find like different buildings and like the architecture of the building is amazing just very old school which is also goes back to why i want to go to boston i like the yeah i like the just the, the structure of the building i like things like that i like to see just different like uh, just a different side than what i'm seeing from here
0: yeah that makes sense yeah
1: but then like like i said when you then you have those the floridians who just vacation elsewhere like if you're from miami oh yeah i'm gonna go vacation in anna maria which is on the west coast so it's an okay. island beautiful island the people who go to orlando obviously you have disney and universal and things like that um tampa Tampa's nice because the Everglades are very near it. You also have Bush Gardens. You can go to uh, even where I, even where I um I was going to school at, at Gainesville, we have yeah. springs. The springs which are basically it's super clear water. It's the temperature is right. the same year round. So temperatures like a lower 71, 72 degrees. And whether it's summer, winter, fall, it's that same temperature year round. So it's actually nice to go in the wintertime because the water will be colder. I mean, water will be warmer than the, than the outside air. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. What are your
0: thoughts on Tampa real quick? Like how would you describe Tampa? Um,
1: mini Miami. Like, okay. I, mini I, Miami. I, I like uh, mini Miami. Tampa right now basically has a lot uh, expense wise. Um, definitely has more to offer than Miami. It's a little cheaper than Miami. Okay. But it's more developing. Like it's in that stage of developing to become essentially just like Miami. It's a very beautiful city. Um, I've been out there twice. I went for a lightning game when I visited my brother and okay. you know, I was just passing through. Um, very nice. Like I said, I, I, it's just more developed. It's just like we were to cut like downtown Miami in half. Be that, and then on the outskirts, it's just, it's just still very nice, nice suburban homes and so forth. I like it. I think it's definitely like it's become a lot, a lot more popular now, especially with just their sports teams doing good and the whole Tom Brady dynamic happening out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely has brought in a surge of individuals who want to migrate over there. Okay, um, just bring their businesses over there as well. So, but sorry, I definitely. I like it. I've considered moving there. It's one of the schools I'm applying to USF and UT for okay. school, UT University of Tampa, which is over there. So I'm not opposed to moving over there. It's so definitely interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, you've lived in Miami mm. your whole life, uh, minus the time you went to college in Gainesville. What, What have you noticed lately? Do you notice any trends or anything happening in Miami recently?
1: Uh, I definitely, the biggest thing, which is, it's not like, it's not a not known thing, is definitely just the surplus when it comes to just like, the city's, the city's adapting a lot to like, it, it's crypto foundation. Yeah. Um, the mayor is definitely trying to make this place like, it's, it's like the capital for the United States for when it comes to the crypto. Yeah. So everything around here just follows based on that. I've also seen like maybe maybe it's always been here, but maybe now I'm just seeing it. it's a big music trend going on down here. Just a lot of DJs, a lot of like just mini festivals going on, especially okay. in those areas, which is very big. Uh I think like one bad trend that I noticed since I moved back would just be like uh little bit loss of like its original people like the miami natives just yeah. when i go out now and like i meet new people like i've noticed it's a surplus of individuals who move down here from new york from chicago from just a lot of northern straight northern northern states mm-hmm. and also just without sometimes businesses come down here too and then the land the land um land here is just it's, it's a goldmine for individuals who want to bring their businesses here and just hopefully like build upon it. So that's causing just the local businesses to be pushed towards the west side, away from that brick old midtown area. And it's kind of pushing those people out. And it's making the people who, the Miami, my Miami natives, my Floridians who do live here, it's making it hard for them to live here in general. So they're either going mm. to picking up and moving away from Miami sometimes some even moving away from florida as a whole so i kind of just it kind of gets me sad because I have, i've lived here my whole life and like i mentioned before what i like most about the city is the culture and the different people that you meet so just to see it's been a huge trend lately that most of those are starting to move away and i'm like it's getting rid of that it's kind of hard sometimes it's just it's good because i want to see my city prosper yeah it's bad because I don't want to see the people that made that made the city for who they, for what it is just be left be left in the dust and have to ultimately move away from, from the city that they grew up in. Yeah. Life. So that's uh
0: I'm having more and more conversations like this with people where uh like say I met someone in Boise, Idaho, lived there his entire life, then during the pandemic, like California people just moved right in and he was at a point where he's looking to now like buy a house and now the cost of buying a house is like two to three times more than what it would have been so, um cuz I- with like now the ability to like work anywhere and remotely you're seeing people when i was in miami i talked to people that like a whole bunch of new york people have moved down to miami and and then california move to places and um and then the nature of that where people who have lived in those places now things are changing, mm-hmm. but it it's good to have more people and then at the same time it's like how do we keep the culture that we we've built this whole time yeah. right?
1: yeah, there's nothing wrong with individuals coming over here because obviously now you have a different set of culture that comes down here but it what your friend was saying is true um for example i i I as well. I've been trying to look I've been in a market to look for a house I want to get my own house I currently live with my parents just because it touches upon that with people coming in and with people coming in and uh, an example I could give you is like individuals from New York who have higher salaries than individuals here in Florida but they come over here and work remotely kind of just it's it's just essentially just making it not afford making not affordable for individuals to live here. So, a house that I, I was looking into now it costs like five, like close to six hundred thousand dollars. Two years ago, three years ago, it was three hundred thousand dollars, like a regular three, two. Hmm. So, it's making it's making yeah. it, or at least the locals kind of harder, but then it kind of just touches back to the whole culture thing. Part of our culture is most of us came here to build a better life we come from parents who came here to better life so we've learned to fight we've learned to yeah. and just find means to go about that even with tough challenges but it, it like I said it, it is kind of hard especially just just because you more so see it being affected like in the Brickell Wynwood area because had you been here had you come and visit Miami five six years ago Wynwood wasn't the way it was at all now the Sylvester, yeah. Sylvester yeah. was a place where we met the design district is super new. It's about three years old. If if I have, if 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 my memory serves me right, but that place used to be midtown area. It used to be bigger. It was a bigger little Haiti area. So a lot of the places I've seen um, near the de- design district where they're being bought off, there used to be local spots there that I used to love going back to eat back in the day. So now yeah. I don't get that. I don't get that anymore. But at the same time there's these developments and so forth they do bring jobs for the locals individuals that could help them out because when yep. no necessarily wasn't the the highest um it, it was a very low poverty low income area so it also is helping locals in a way but it's kind of you you're kind of giving and take at the same time so
0: yeah it's certainly true i do notice i noticed in miami like all the construction like, oh there's a ton of construction uh <laughs> so i let's see so there's the, there's this like um this metric of how healthy a city is doing based on the number of cranes that they have that you can see in the skyline oh, I don't know so that. i've i've always kept that in mind and so when i'm in different places i notice the cranes and there's a lot of cranes in miami a lot of just like building everywhere now my my opinion um Cause I, I'm very interested in like urban planning and stuff. And what I love about Chicago so much is that we're always building new housing. Mm-hmm. So it keeps the cost of living down because with more housing, there's just more, uh, more options. So the, the cost is down a little bit. Whereas like a friend of mine just moved to to Brooklyn and she waited for four months, she couldn't find a spot. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's, it's becoming, cities become, that don't like build a lot, they become boutique cities, and they, they like, like regular people can't live there anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so what you see, I think in, in New York is that like Manhattan, there's so many restrictions with building, they're now extending it out to say Brooklyn and so now when you're flying into New York and you look down you can see skyscrapers in Brooklyn so it looks like in the future New York is just going to be all these all these bureaus will have like downtown areas with skyscrapers Mm
1: -hmm. Mm because it's
0: so hard to like build housing um Mm -hmm. elsewhere so with like more more housing it becomes more affordable um Cause like I'm in an old high rise, but I wouldn't be able to afford this if it was like brand new. Mm-hmm. So like by building say a brand new high rise next to me or not necessarily next to me, but like in neighborhoods close by people can choose to live there. And then the price here goes down because it's not new mm-hmm. and like all of that, all those yeah. dynamics. And yeah. I'm, I'm very curious about Miami. My my knock on Miami is it's like the the way it's laid out is like uh, it's like you can build and you can build like wherever you want. It feels like there's like a lack of
1: cohesion in in the so <laughs> the design. So um, let's touch base on what you said. So earlier you said there's a lot of construction. Yeah. Well, so there's this. So the main the main highway that you probably took a lot of the times, like or you Ubered, was I ninety five, right? There's along with I ninety five and this other highway on the other side by uh where I live, it's called the Palmetto Expressway. I I I promise you, since I was eleven or ten, I have not not even since I was eleven and ten, maybe or going even further back like eight, seven or eight, there's always been construction there. And it feels like it's never finished. I it feels like sometimes like, like it looks like they're starting a project, and then midway they're like, oh wait, maybe this we could do this better, and then stop that project and further expand on that project. There's just always some sort of construction. Construction's been there since before, like since I was in elementary school. Wow. Like it's just continued on. Even when I left and came back uh, after five years, I kid you not, this it looked just looked like they had paused for five years and then decided to start back again. It just, it, it's never ending. So it's just like, and it, it, it sucks because it affects the traffic sometimes because you'll get yeah. link co- closures at nighttime too. Yeah. And so you, you start to think, and then you started thinking, I'm just like, where is this, where is this actually going? Like at this point, like who is planning this, who's in charge of this? Cause it just doesn't make any sense anymore. When it comes to developing that you said earlier, Like you said, you notice there's a lot of cranes. There's just a lot of buildings going up. Yeah. Everywhere, everywhere. They're actually building around the um, arena. They have this plot of land. They're building, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it, it's called the Warford. I don't know if that's, but it's supposed to be the tallest building south of New York. It's 100 stories. So So this
0: is, uh, so I noticed, I spent a lot of time in the downtown area by like the museums, and the the FTX arena is over there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The Perez and then Frost Science Museum. And there's like that whole area, there's, it looks like they're building something big or they're about to, is that what you're
1: referring to? That area? It it should be. So I, um, when we first followed each other, I noticed you posted uh, posted something about uh, this building that has like these, the weird structures were just- Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I wanted to make it. It's called the it, that building's called the Scorpion Building. So, in that okay. area, they're uh, about, about four or five plots down, is where they're building that. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's a hotel slash residence. So, but that's kind of the touch upon the pace. Like, so many buildings are going up mm-hmm. and you see them everywhere, even if it's just high rises, mid rises, whatever it may be. But the cost of living is, is still exponentially going up. I have friends yeah. who, who are, looking, who are now? Looking for new leases or leaving the Brickell area or leave like the, even the outskirts of Brickell, area, which is usually cheaper, and they're just trying to find somewhere new. My friend, my buddy's rent uh, raised by six hundred dollars. I have another one, same same yeah. scenario, four hundred dollars. Mm. Yeah, you don't even after living there for so long, you still don't get grandfathered in, which is fine. But how you mentioned like where you live, and then if they build something new, it keeps the prices of yours at like at a manageable rate. Yeah. yeah seen a lot of that either and with that it causes a ripple effect so now when you go out west towards the area where i live you have individuals just renting out their homes for like close to like this okay this is the dynamic i was thinking
0: a lot about
1: Mm -hmm.
0: when you're like at night when you're looking at these big buildings the lights in them are a lot of them dark or do they have lights on
1: Ooh, I wish I could say, uh, later, I, I would try to find this photo for you, where I, we actually spoke about this, me and uh, my friends as we were walking through Brickell in general. So when you look up, or if you're in a high vantage point, if you look at most of the buildings, it's very scattered. It's not like, yeah, it's not right. like I would assume in other places where just like most buildings are on, like most of the, the windows are on and stuff. But it's very scattered sometimes. And even from a faraway view, you can sometimes tell. It looks, some buildings look like they're completely dark. Others look like they're, they're very lit up. But it's just like, a, it's not like a very consistent pattern. So I guess I would say not a lot of occup- There's not a lot, there's a lot of vacant rooms in that sense.
0: So I think the dynamic that Miami has, that Chicago doesn't, when we're talking about the cost of living, not going down because of new construction. Mm -hmm. I think because of Miami's location and just like it being this like international vacation fun city, it brings in a lot of money and homeowners either like internationally or like people just like investing or just having a place. Whereas like in Chicago, no one, no one is like, few people are probably buying property in chicago just so they can like have it or sit on it and like vacation there if they want it's not like a destination vacation city
1: mm-hmm.
0: so there's probably like this influx of people owning property there that don't actually live there
1: yeah. and I, that's
0: why you would see the dark in the buildings right
1: i agree with that 100% some of the some of the the places that my friends live at like they're condos and one specifically, I have a friend who lives in a condo and the owner is from Mexico. Yeah. The, uh, and this other condo, the owner is from Colombia. So there are not even people that live here. So during quarantine, it was, it was also a big thing that happened. A lot of people from the north started moving over here and they were investing into property and just buying houses and stuff like that and just renting it out in the times that you can't do that. Like, obviously, the, the American dream is to own your own house and just rent it out. Uh, not, not rent it out but own your own house and eventually people learn to like further just build upon that but with that uh it's very hard to own a house here sometimes because of that reason just because you have all these individuals that come from elsewhere who have yeah. who have who have more money than the individuals around here and they buy up everything and then mm-hmm. essentially at that point it's just not it doesn't even room for anything to be owned just things to be rented Like you rent, you rent it out instead of you buying it. So then you get like all these vacant, vacant places that sometimes just you can you notice it. Just people don't live in, or they're just in and out Airbnbs, whatever it may be.
0: What do you think? You mentioned like owning a house as like the American dream. Like what? What do you see the American dream as?
1: So like I've I've always seen it that way. I've my American dream is different than my parents', my parents American dream. My parents' yeah. American dream was to come here and help provide, like, a better life for myself, which I've been blessed enough to, like, receive almost any, like, all the help I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, my parents taught me how to fight from an early age, like, in the sense, like, work hard for everything, and they've helped me out through everything that they basically get what they couldn't get uh, in yeah. their country. American dream for me would just basically do what they did with my kids and just but on a on a higher level like own my own house own various Mm -hmm. properties um put my my, put my kids through school just have good enough living where essentially it becomes a trend in our family where they just strive to provide even better and give their kids things that they that they personally couldn't get as they were growing up
0: so it's like a generational
1: rise in standard of living mm-hmm. big on that because i i compare i sometimes compare my my living to like the individuals i'm friends with like there's things that they were able to do like growing up that i would i like me and my parents can never do for example vacationing like mm-hmm. my friends would go away to Punta like kind Cana, of like dr or just go snowboarding um skiing and so forth go visit another city My parents have never, my parents have never left um, Florida. And as growing up, my parents and I, we couldn't take those days off to go work. I mean, to go, to go vacation. Yeah. So I would say that's just like a, a nice little example. Like it wasn't really in our favor to give up days of working because then that's just money. We lose money that we needed to continuously survive here. Yeah. Growing up, just being a first, like first generation family here. And just figuring it out for my kids i like i want them to i want them to feel like hey like at any given point hey we should all take a family trip things like that that's just, not necessarily that my family dynamic growing up was horrible i loved it and we would take our small vacations like local like local spots and stuff like that like just do things yeah and things like that and they were, or like me own a house but own a house obviously better than the one i currently live in as much as i love this house it's my humble abode i love this place probably never gonna yeah. probably never gonna sell so this this is like family history at this point but things like that right or like for another thing it's just my kids not feel necessarily feel the huge struggle of like going to school and like the process that came to it because i had that i had to figure that out all on my own my parents didn't go to school my parents um my parents only have a second to third grade level education uh, most of their time in Honduras was just spent there. My, my family's cattle ranchers in Honduras and agricultural farmers as well. So they did that. And then for most of their life until they decided to come back over here. So my American dream is just yeah. like, building a generational, like having this generational wealth increase in, in our family.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And it seems like, There's like two ideas in there where Mm -hmm. you're talking about like generational wealth and increased standard of living and providing for family Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This increased standard of living. But we're also like tying this idea of that to like a physical or material thing, like a house. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they together or are they like separate in ideas like I, I feel like I feel like after World War II this like consumer idea of like moving out to the suburbs having a house and a yard and your kids to grow up that became like the American dream Whereas like I don't know if the American dream had always been that way It was more so like what else you were talking about that like generational wealth and standard of living,
1: Mm -hmm. but not like specific as in a house in a way. Does that make sense? Yes, I understand. So I guess like maybe I explained it in a sense like where I was using just material objects to just kind of like piggyback, like support it. But it's more so just like, I reflect back to what I said earlier when my parents came back so I could have a better life. Um, maybe I'm comparing the idea of just having a house and having a better house because for them, if you were to take a glimpse of like the way yeah. they live and um, like very, very poor um, plumbing, a house that's you fit talking about 10 kids and uh, like a one to one, like little, little shack essentially on this just giant plot. Yeah. Level, it's just more so just comfortable living, like things that we just, it's more symbolic it's like yeah yeah it's it's just to give like it's just it's just to never be like like never be um never forget the sacrifices and like the things that yeah that that they went through so we can strive to just have more than what they ever could have obtained yeah that makes sense absolutely but yeah it's not like it's i don't like i use material things just because that's that's one of the big things we just didn't have in, in and yeah. but then for me it's just like i like now having those things uh yes i want to continue the idea of that just like having things on just on a higher level just like a nicer house whatever it may be just like a nice humble boat but when i mentioned like the family vacation idea it was just more so spending more like time together, just like, like further emphasize yeah. like, further emph- emphasizing the fact that like the whole reason why my parents did it in the first place was for the love of the family, just to give their children a better life than what they've received. And that's, yeah. that's, that's a whole, like anything from being able to afford like a nice dinner with each other and spend quality time with each other, share experiences and so forth like that. So my American dream is always that like the idea of becoming a father and taking my kid to practice and stuff like that, that's, that's great to me. Those were the few moments that like, I will always remember from my childhood. Uh, just dad picking me up from practice and stuff like that. Him and I going up just on local errands and stuff like that. Like that's American dream for me. is just continuously to build my, my level of comfort. So then I have that time to then spend with my family and so forth. Yeah. Time, time. Comfort, yeah. yeah. Time is the big thing. Because comparing it to growing up, you know, remember, like I mentioned before, we couldn't. My my parents necessarily couldn't give up one day of work or things like that. Like it just wasn't in our best interest. So you're talking about like with that day, they they're tired at the end of the day. All they want to do yeah. is rest. So then we right. can't do the small. Then we couldn't do the small things. As as time time went on, and like my my father uh, moved up moved up with what he did, and my mother was able to save up more money and just moved up on what she did, then obviously now there's more time for us to hang out and stuff like that. So I want to yeah. keep the level of comfort, comfortivity very high in a sense of like just financially and like the pressure that that we may face just completely not have it be such a huge factor as to why I can't spend time with my family and make these long, long lasting memories and just along with generational wealth, just the wealth of like family wealth in a sense of, keeping that compassion and that care that we have for each other at a, at an all time high.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic.
1: So yeah, I love so, that. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Especially coming from like a big family. Like I do to give you like a, uh, like an idea of it. Like on my grandma's side of a family I'm talking about uh, it's 15 kids, 15 individuals. That okay. my grandma had. So then each individual, each, each one of my aunts and uncles has four, no less than four children. So my family's already pretty big. Yeah. It's very similar on my mom's side of the family. So anywhere, any, at any point, like whenever the family reunions and stuff, we all going through the same thing, but just having big families and like knowing that we have, like you have someone there at all times and stuff like that. That's like yeah. something you always want to keep going. Yeah. You always want to maintain those interactions and maintain those bonds. Cause at the end of the day, family is everything at least. In, yeah. in, my, in my life like it's just it, it's what's been the the drive for why I, for my success and for why i've worked so hard for the things that for the things i've gotten in my life and why i will continue to work very hard so yeah how many siblings do you have i am the youngest of four so mm-hmm. i have an older sister her name is jamie she lives in new york okay i have a second older a second sister her name is anna she lives in virginia now and then mm-hmm. i have my my brother, his name is Joseph. he lives in Tampa okay, yeah
0: yeah yeah that's oh, man that's interesting. uh switching gears a little bit okay. gears f one uh, you were at you were at this f one event in Miami mm-hmm. when I told people I was going out to Miami here in Chicago, they were asking me if if I was going to go to the f one event or see the f one event or they were asking me about it 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 seems like the internet has allowed the opportunity for people to be interested in things that aren't necessarily, uh, have been mainstream popular mm-hmm. and we're seeing this rise in interest in formula one racing. And, um, to the point where you you're at this event, can mm-hmm. you, can you share with me what that experience was like and how that came about and, uh, your so, takeaways from
1: it. Okay. So what you said is is actually very correct. I actually had no interest in Formula One racing, like prior to like hearing about that it's coming here and so forth. I just so I just thought it it it's a big event. Like yeah, you can think about it as like for example like the Super Bowl coming to your city. Like whether you're a fan or not of football or whether you're a fan of the the teams playing, like going to a big event like that, it's just it's just memorable. So that's kind of the way I saw it. I like the mm-hmm. idea of like fast cars. Like who doesn't like realistically speaking, or who doesn't like the idea of a, fa- a fast, of loud motors and fast cars? Yeah. Um, but it just, it felt great knowing that it was happening in my city because normally you're talking about this is, this is like, this is a, a, a sport that happens predominantly overseas. You're talking about in Europe yeah. and so forth. So obviously a lot of people don't really know much about it because most of the times when the race do happen, they're overnight and they only cut co- then the coverage happens very early morning yeah. here in America. So then now you have it coming over to Miami and then you have, you have it coming over to Miami. And if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, this is either the first time that a Grand Prix is taking place in the United States. And it's just open up the, the it's open to the floodgates because now next year they're doing it in Las Vegas and then they're eventually going to go in Texas. So it's just, it gauged my interest. So I, I tried to learn about it. And I was just like, hey, it's something new. Like, like it's, um, I, I think it kind of just piggyback on the fact that like, prior to that, I had been going to a lot of like sporting events before. Like I had gone to see for the first time our new local mm-hmm. soccer team. I had seen the Miami Heat and play. And then I was gone, recently I had just gone to a Martin's Day. So I was just like, you know what? Let's keep the trend going. Uh, the way I want, like, I like the idea, I like the idea of it, but obviously I couldn't afford going. So the tickets are absurd, completely absurd. Like the, you're talking about like base wow. pay, you're, we're starting at for 900. And as it kept going, depending wow. on the seats, I've seen, I saw tickets close to like $13,000. It was absurd. <laughs> so you're talking about, so you're talking about this event, mostly was hosted by individuals that didn't even necessarily live in Miami. Right. People that came down from Jupiter, from Boca, from uh west palm beach like very like more north from here but i was blessed to have like a friend who a wonderful individual i've known her for i've known her since uh since gainesville since i went to, and she happened to have an extra ticket and luckily and i and when she offered me the ticket i i saw it as a way of i like any normal person would, would have not said no So I took the, I took the chance and I got to go see the event, but obviously going to an event, I don't want to just sit there and like not understand. So I did my research and I tried to better understand how it looked back. And it's honestly like, I, I didn't realize it was like a three day event at first Like you have. Oh, I didn't even know it was a three day event. So it's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So like it's, it's a three day event. So Friday it's just like practice runs and like just. Overall, just seeing the cars run and them getting a feel to the track and so forth. Okay. Saturday, which is the day I went, was qualify was qualifiers. So, uh, so each and it's, it's I want to say it's twenty drivers, ten teams, twenty drivers. If I'm not, uh, I would have to might, might have to double check that. I can't remember, but each team has two two racers, and and the qualifiers they run three qualifiers, and you basically you have a certain amount of time in each, in each one of the qualifiers and your, and based on what your time is on each one of those, each one of those runs determines your your if you're qualified to get into the main race, which, which is on Sunday and what okay. position you start off and so forth. And then Sunday you have your main race, which was this year. It was won by a max Verstappen, which is he runs for Red Bull. Okay. And actually, actually the hat I'm wearing right now, I bought over there. So, so it's a okay. Ham- Lewis Hamilton. So, so where, where is the race? Is the it? Race, the race is, ho- so that's also why, why it was pretty big because the race was hosted at the Hard Rock Stadium and the Hard Rock Stadium is the home of the, the Miami Dolphins. But okay. if you go out there, my, the Hard Rock Stadium is actually north. It's 15 minutes north of me. So okay. I my gym is actually located across the stadium, like one of the plazas. Okay. Across the so this was when I first like started hearing about it because I noticed like, as I was, I drove around the stadium to like the local bank that I usually go to. And I noticed there's just all these bleachers put up and I'm just like wondering what's going on. I'm thinking it's like, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, it can't be rolling loud because that rolling Loud is this music event that used to happen there. But right. uh, happens in the same place where ultra takes place in Bayfront Park, by, right by, um, right by FTX arena and all that. So I, I'm like thinking, I'm like, what is this? And then I, I dabble on it. I like I, I dabble on the internet a little bit for for trying to figure out what this means. And I see it's a, it's an F1. So I, it starts gauging my interest. And then eventually people just start talking about it a lot. Like my buddy, yeah. uh, my uh, my buddy's company was part of the construction company that helped build the roads. So that he starts talking about it and then start talking about tickets. And then it's it's just it's it's this whole thing of just like the internet is just like like hyping it up because yeah. Again, when big things happen in your city, like it's just you hear about it consistently. Right. And especially because mm-hmm. it was it was announced so far ahead. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it just gained that traction. But then like once you, people started hearing about like potentially going and like how much tickets are, and just now people start getting an interest in it. I I a lot of my friends say that when when I asked them, when not when I asked them, when they asked me like, oh, if I knew anything or I, how it was going or why I was going, someone would say, "Oh, he just watched the Netflix, um, the Netflix show." I'm like, mm-hmm. Netflix show. So I look into it, and there's a whole, there's a four series, four yeah. series show on Netflix. So I think possibly the individuals who did go from Miami, they just started watching that to get a better understanding of it. And I, I, I'm sure people knew who, who, who knew who Lewis Hamilton was before then. Like I knew who he was. I I, I always knew he was the former one racer, and like. I always knew him as an individual who just was pretty badass at his sport. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like how, you know, Tiger Woods used to be good at his, or Tom Brady yeah. at, uh, at football, things like that. So just the chance to go, I was just like, why not? Like, it's it's the first time it's going to happen for the next 10 years. And if I can afford to go later, then yes, I will go. But if, if I'm capable of going now, and especially I'm going to go with a friend of mine and and and, and their parents who I just already been to different events with like it's just it's nice to see like it's nice to be part of history in a sense because yeah you grow up around, when you grow up around the stadium you've been the stadium the stadium for football games and soccer games and now you see it for a whole new event that could ultimately just change the course of just how your city functions and like your yeah. area functions and it's just might as well be a part of it if you get the chance to go why not like there i got to meet a whole lot of new people and I got to like actually see these cars up, up up close and personal, and it's just it's a cool sport. It's, it's honestly it's it's very loud. So <laughs> I, I could imagine very very loud. So and then I learned that it's not even just the Formula One races. Then you have I like there's another division where it's just Porsches. So it's yeah, just of nine one one cars just racing around, and then wow. so kind of sick. Uh, honestly, I had a good time. It was very fun. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds very, great. very very like and then obviously like my like where it was Zani? like just put their like Miami touch on it. Like they had like a beach club, which was cool. Okay. So, uh, a couple of performers there. Uh so post Malone Zen. And then I the funny the most the funniest thing I that I saw was um on one of the on one like a major turn, they have this yacht marina, which is just okay. they lifted yachts and put them they lifted the yachts and then they underneath them they put like this fake like ceramic water looking thing so from an area view it looks like wow. on water but like then you see people walking on it and it's just like it's like okay <laughs> it's kind of cringy like it's like okay you're kind of doing too much. you're trying to do a little but it was, it's it's all right it was a nice vibe i liked it Wow. Yeah. There's so much that goes
0: into like organizing those huge events.
1: Yeah. It's uh, like, like, well, so many cool is like on the website leading up to it. You could, they had like a, uh, they had like a, uh, uh like a slideshow of like every week, the progress of like the track and like okay. building on it. So it just, it kind of kept building on the effect and uh-huh. like we were announcing it and our mayor, our my our, our mayor, he's been, he's only been kind of like, he's been doing, he's been on his, on his A game lately. just, with things to just promote the city and so forth so i'm hearing a lot about your mayor yeah he's he, he's a very outspoken dude like he's just yeah. like he's like um how do i say this he's like in spanish it, it, it in spanish is a phrase of ponte las pilas meaning like it means put on your batteries but it also means it, like that literal meaning and it's put on your batteries but it means like just get on your get on your shit excuse my language but He's just been he's been doing that. He's just
0: say okay. So how to say that again? Ponte las pilas. Ponte las pilas.
1: Pilas, pilas, pilas. L a s. Ponte. Ponte. P o n t e. Las. Las. Pilas. Pilas. P i l a s. So it's a, a literal trans. Literal transit means put on your batteries. But ponte las pilas is like a very very like Let's go big yeah like just just go like get on your shit like get on it yeah, it's cool. uh it's a very big hispanic phrase like like it's a, a lot of, like parents will say to you like ponte las pilas in, in school ponte las pilas en esto like all that like get on your shit pointa, po- am i saying that right pointa ponte pon- ponte ponte las pilas perfect that's right for- oh, yeah. no. you're long in miami now look at that <laughs> yeah less, but B-less. definitely definitely was a good event great event honestly
0: all right well we're we're kind of wrapping up close for time if why don't we do these rapid fire okay. uh okay who are three musical artists in your
1: heavy rotation right now heavy rotation so i definitely have I have future on there just been a big future fan my whole life okay uh post malone definitely i've been big on post malone for like the last since uh stony stony came out okay um really like his music i really like despite like his per- like the way he looks like his voice is his dope like i like the melodies that he what do you, what what about his
0: music do you enjoy
1: most um it just always puts me in like a a very good mood and like one of my favorite songs is called patient and it's just the whole song the whole song is just basically just being patient with just general general things that just come at you um i love it i i i just it just gets me over on a good mood it's just always been that future gets me um very hyped in a sense yeah (laughs) his lyrics not necessarily like the best like most meaningful things in the world but he just just gets me hyped okay my third my third one would definitely be bad bunny i've like that's bad bunny yeah Yeah. i'll probably say this for the first time ever i can't like everyone honestly like like they love the man they hype him up every time an album comes out even if they listen to it, they're like, oh, it's fire. It's, it's, it's the greatest thing of all time. Like, no matter what, like you'll see that here, people will screenshot it and post it, put a fire emoji. Hasn't even, <laughs> hasn't even heard like one song, Yeah, but I'll, like, I'll play for the first time ever. Um, I do like his music. I like his music a lot. I respect the man very much just because like uh, he, he's basically like, I like in, in, in a sense of how much he's done. He is like, there's another big Spanish artist called Daddy Yankee, which I don't, I'm, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's man, but he's like the Daddy Yankee. Of, he was like, the
0: pioneer of really like reggaeton, exactly. or at least bringing it to where like I'm listening to it or it, I've exactly. heard the so genre. Yeah, what
1: Daddy Yankee was to the individuals growing up with him, like in like the '90s, like early 2000s, yeah. and all that. Bad Bunny is to us, so. He's taking it to like a whole another he's level. Whole, he's like his music is super like it's uh, he rep- like he just tries to represent everything he like's grown up with, and like the way he feels, and he's very expressive with just and it's not only in his music; it's just the way he is outside. Because if you see, if you seen the way he is, he's just a very expressive individual. His so character, exactly, like it just gives it, it's like a good it gives like a hope to like not a hope, but it just it inspires other like us us latin individuals just growing up and all that just, yeah. it's just someone to look up to so I, I really like him for that and his music and it it just also helps that his music is just, is, is gas it's bomb but, <laughs> honestly it is really good it is what really good really? Like, like even even my, even my friends up and like up and um having buddy up in uh university of wisconsin law mm-hmm. right now he's just always always just listening to just different like spanish songs especially that Bunny. i gotta share with you my
0: my reggaeton
1: Playlist. Oh, dude, yeah hit hit me with it i would love i would love to see i'd love to see that i'll i'll share it with you after this go for it uh, nice okay
0: another rapid fire here who are what are three things that have influenced your outlook on life whether it's uh historic famous people
1: or books films other art mediums so uh I guess in a book sense I'll give you one of each i'll give you a film a book and a person so starting with a book so in the whole process lately um i have just applying for my schools and like personal statements and writing having to write that um leading up to that like i made a goal to like start reading more in general and i recently i recently read um a book called green lights by Matthew mcconaughey okay i've seen that yeah so Usually, when books like that come out, like it, they're very overhyped, and I'm the kind of person that um, doesn't necessarily with anything in general, like whether it's music, TV shows, or just whatever. Maybe, when people are over over-hyping it, I don't like to fall into that. Like I'll wait till it dies on, and I'll give my own take. Yeah, but once I read the book, I actually it actually just put a lot of like the things into perspective in my life. And if you haven't read the book, just essentially to give you like a brief green light essentially just the title of the book essentially is is a phrase that he's used for the green lights in life like the opportunities you have to seize and like the things like that, go green. Like, green. It's green it's a green light like, go like the green light or like it's a green light like it's like this happened to you so it's a green light meaning it's a good thing that happened it's mm-hmm. just he's comparing it it is just more so explaining his like whole life and like where he knew where the red lights were like where things like he did and just didn't an amount and anything or just weren't or just weren't the path he was supposed to get or the green lights that he did that led him to be the individual that he is today. And I respect Michael here a lot because he's a very like, he's always been a very big family man. He's just very well-spoken. He mm-hmm. understands he's a good head on his shoulders. It's like you're very, um, I don't know. He's like, you're very traditional, like, like a uh, good moral and good moral man. So reading the book, it actually made me like, there's portions of it where He he talks about like his acting career and like the early on days where he's just like. He explains like just different scenarios where had he not just decided to go about it his own way instead of the way people were trying to like shape him into doing. Mm -hmm. Probably would have not been the actor and like the uh, individual he is today. So I kind of put it in, in perspective when I was trying to just do my things, like make my personal statement and all that where I just, I was trying to figure out like the, you no know, like the pat the things I've done in my past life or not my past life, like in the past where I, I may have regretted it, but I can't take away from the fact that it it made me to be the person I am today. And I love the person yeah. I am today. And I'm probably, and like yeah. obviously there's always room for improvement, but it made me look at that. So the book, the book really just hit home and it just, it just talked about like his whole family dynamic. And I loved it because, uh, like I said, I'm a big family guy in the, in the first part, but I love someone I love, I love being able to reflect on things I've done or things I haven't done, and not necessarily regretting them all the time, but just more so understanding where, like, how that got me to where I am now, and just using that as a, like, okay, like now moving forward, like I'm this person. So what's yeah. gonna be better for myself? Like, what's the better about? Um Film wise film-wise it's not necessarily like a like a big like life changer but I do like my favorite movie of all time is interstellar which Ah, people keep telling me about interstellar so I do like interstellar it has Matthew McConaughey in it which also is the reason it led me to read his book okay yeah that makes sense yeah so the movie interstellar have you seen it if you have not no
0: that's it's on my like i don't see a lot of films but cool. that one keeps coming up that people yeah. are
1: saying yeah so i like i like to i've made it a habit to like try to watch a movie a day i will, oh wow because i i like to just i'll do it like on my downtime like when i'm eating yeah or just taking a break and stuff like that um i do like interstellar yeah. it it, it kind of touches base to like that side of me that not a lot of I mean, people like like perceive me to be most individuals uh like they don't know that i'm really big into like sci-fi that i like i like just anything that has to do with like space exploration or anything scientific whatever it may be that's my favorite genre but i like interstellar just because it gives like a a real world picture of just what future earth could be like and like the way people will go about it but the overarching thing is just like it kind of just tied back to the whole idea of just like like value what you have at the moment mm-hmm. because in an instant you can honestly lose it and you can get rid of it and not get rid of it but like it could just be taken away from you yeah so i like it but it also puts it in like in a very like just outer space like like uh like presence so it's also pretty it's pretty cool to look at I highly yeah. it's a long film it is, a, it's like almost like a three hour film. Okay. I've, I've seen the movie like about 14 times. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love, love the movie. Okay. Um, uh, and then a figure, I'd honestly, um. as like, as common as this answer may be, I do look up entirely to my, uh, my father. My, um my father came over here when he was 22. And okay. since then he's done nothing but work. He went mm. from working at a local factory where he made jeans and he got paid $625 an hour to now mm. he's an assistant manager at a very big roofing supply distribution company. And he also does roofing projects on the side. Um, my father, my father is a very, very straightforward man. He taught me everything I needed to know from a young age, just, just what it was to be a man what it was to the, the idea of earning respect means you have to give it out. Like you, 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 the yeah. you receive the respect you give, um, just an overall family, man. Like he always put him, he always put his family before himself. Uh, was even, even him being just like the middle child, he's just, I believe he's looked at in my family as just like the go-to person whenever like family emergencies happen or like bad situations may occur. Yeah. Um, just i always look up to that because not being part of this big family like i i want to be in that position i want that my my younger cousins and like my cousins of my generation to like come up to me whenever they feel like they have uh like some sort of issue that they can't talk to their parents about or like now that they're growing up and they need like help just even the tiniest things like oh just like, hey i need help moving this or hey can you help me Figure out how, what's wrong with my car, things like that. So yeah, I I I admire the fact that like like with with a, as a parent as his problem, his own problems may be, he still puts those on hold to just make sure like the ones that he loves and care for are situated are are in a good situation because yeah, he's explained to me that he's always been the kind of person that he knows how to get himself out out of his own situations, but just extending the help to others sometimes. Yeah. Assists him in figuring out his own problems as well. And that's been good. Mm -hmm. And I've done that. I've done that something similar to that recently, just more so with now being one of the, one of the few that's gone to college and gone to college degree and like, that graduated from high school Mm -hmm. in my, um, in my family. Now my younger cousins come up to me and they, and like, I make sure to have like, I'm talking about like, I'm 24 and they're like 12, 10 uh yeah. like the team, like they're just starting to basically just live like like find like find themselves live their own life out of res- uh, respect from what they used to just be handed to by their parents so it's nice to get like a, a facetime or like a call and just like at like them asking me like what should the next approach be because yeah. me feel good because it goes back to what i said about yeah. the whole first generation me trying to figure everything out but now i'm able to help them and then Another big thing is just like um, that. My my dad and I, he taught me to like, embrace every, every like, everything that that is a part of me. And one one thing that comes with that is this mental health, my mental struggles. So mm-hmm. me being someone who's very open about it and very understanding compared to like a very traditional family, like the era that my father came from, because as evident as my father had his mental struggles. He just didn't have the time or just didn't have the effort to deal with them because there was and it was made apparent that there was something bigger afoot, for sense like taking care of his family and so forth so for me now it gives me the ability like just to help out my younger cousins and like yeah. anyone else in my family who has those struggles so i make it like a safe space for them to come talk to me because it's been made evident that talking to sometimes talking to your parent coming yeah. from a first-generation family is very hard yeah you know it's that is either not accepted or not understood so yeah i could see that uh, i respect my father a lot for that he's just taught me to as like to always look out for your loved ones and always look, like make sure that at the end of the day like they're doing well because it promotes good wellness in myself but never to lose sight of the fact that like you are your own person at your at the end of the day and you can't spread yourself then if you're not doing well yourself so yeah that's a great answer thanks
0: it's a great answer, and one last question for you: What's something you're curious about recently?
1: Curious. Is this just like a general thing? Like uh, it could be anything. Anything. Uh, honestly, I've been very curious. So, the two things that pop into the mind I just recently they came up to. So, I do like I do like um, topics like conspiracy topics and so forth. <laughs> we heard about the Russian sleep experiment.
0: The Russian sleep
1: experiment? Okay, what is that? So the Russian sleep experiment deals with individual... It deals with... Back in the... In, I believe it was the 1940s. It was the Russian... There was these Russian scientists who basically had these prisoners who they performed this gas test on. Because back in the day, we had like USA, the Nazis, like during war... They would provide provide their soldiers with like these sort of sleep like sleep inhibitors to keep their okay. soldiers awake because once you're on when you're on the battlefield, if you fall asleep, your enemy can yeah. essentially group up on you. So the Russian sleep experiment deals with that, but it's kind of like the Stanford project, Stanford experiment where it went completely. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it was just it's something like the 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 prisoners just outright like went into full stages of psychosis where they just ultimately like were based like were just completely lost their minds um and just tore themselves apart and like they had huge changes in like physical appearance so that 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 comes to mind because i was literally talking about this the other day and i was talking about this um the yesterday with with a friend and then the other one Mm -hmm. okay uh touches it touches into my sci-fi into my sci-fi um like thing uh was you know how at one point everyone was like obsessed with like finding area 51 or like they yeah, to- yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so someone came up to me um, and told me it's like what if um area 51 is actually the exit so meaning that what we're in right now or what experiencing is actually yeah. what is being held inside and all that so it's just re- like yeah my mind my mind likes to drift into like all these random thoughts huh yeah.
0: We don't know. We yeah. don't know unless we knew, <laughs> or
1: like you know. So there's just things like, like I, I, I'm the kind of person I just ponder like like just things like that. Or and it's just like, yeah, what, what if like, or just like how the pyramids were built? Because if you do the physics on that, it doesn't make any sense. Like it would take it with our infrastructure today and, our, and like our capabilities, with just one centimeter off, it would just completely, uh, completely ruin the whole project. So how we were they able to do that back in the day? Yeah, the pyramids have been around for such a long time. And if Pretty you did into the architecture, <laughs> if you were able to do that, you'd understand like it took like very fine precision, like measurements to, yeah. like, put to, the, to stand still the way it did now. So where people, yeah. individuals back then who just didn't have the mathematical skills that we did or equipment. So it's small things like that.
0: That's wild, wild. Yeah. Well, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. Thanks again for
1: coming on. Of course, bro. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. It's, uh, honestly, really good way to like step out. Of it. I've never done a podcast and I really love just this whole interaction. Help helped me just honestly. I got, I've been super excited about it. So thank yeah. you. <laughs>
0: 100%. Yeah. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Joshua on Instagram at twenty one. Take some time today to think about Where you live and your experience living there. And what does its future look like? What does your future look like? Think about that. And take actions to create the dreams that you imagine. Keep pursuing your curiosity and have a fantastic day.